Welcome back to another episode of our Lenten podcast in the book of Isaiah. Uh, as always, I'm Brian Belter, and with me today are... Pastor Gimble. Isaac Conrad. Shauna Zioko. Today we're going to be looking at uh, Isaiah chapter 43, uh, verses 1 through 7. Uh, this portion is titled, Israel's Only Savior, and uh, we're going to go ahead and Read through these wonderful verses for you. Again, this is Isaiah chapter 43. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes, and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, Give up, and to the south, Do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Every one who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. All right, thank you all. So, main theme of this passage, I think Isaac. Uh, was hitting it on the head in our little pre-recording discussion. You want to go ahead and start us off there, buddy? Baptism. Man, I love baptism. <laughs> well, why do you like baptism so much? Because it's so cool. It's like the way that God calls us to be part of his family. Like, you've got that adoption imagery. You've got the uh, washing away of the sins. That imagery, too. You've just got like a ton of amazing imagery that all points us to how God has redeemed us and uh, forgiven our sins. And it's more than just imagery. I mean, it's an actuality. Yeah. So what specifically in these verses kind of uh, point you to say, oh, it's baptism? So the first thing that caught my eye was like, even just in verse one, I have called you by name, you are mine, because like in baptism like the pastor like asks how is this child to be named and even in some countries like that's when they name the child they wait to name the child and till then yeah that's why that that's still in that right there is just because of that practice could you imagine that today like if you had somebody that that had a baby and you'll say what's what how are you going to name the baby? And said, well, you have to find out, come to the baptism. And at the baptism would be like the first time that the name of the child would be uttered in public. And then also right after the, I have called you by name, you are mine. That's that adoption. Because uh, in baptism, we are adopted as sons of God. And that also kind of goes with the name part because your family name like, part of your name is your fl- is your family name. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because adoption, even today, right, adoption is a legal act so that 
even like when a person dies, then you pass on the benefits to the family, right? So if you have a family, you know, then you get the estate and the inheritance and adoption is a way that the family is guaranteed all of that sort of stuff as well. And so that's exactly what God does for us. When we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're part of his family as sons so that we get the inheritance like the epistles talk about as well. So we get to have forgiveness and salvation and eternal life and all of the things that come with it. Awesome language. Yeah. Do you know what do you know what Pixar movie I've used to illustrate this concept? Oh. Which one? Toy Story Two. Fantastic movie to illustrate this. Toy Story Two is a movie that's all about identity with Woody. He's trying to figure out who he belongs to, if he belongs to Andy or if he belongs in a museum in Tokyo. And like the critical point at the movie is when he lifts up the bottom of his shoe and all the toys say, whose name is written on the bottom of your shoe? And you see the name of his, his owner, Andy, written on the bottom of his shoe and he remembers his identity about who he really is. So that's my, that's my uh, pop culture baptism identity analogy there. I like it. I like it. It, it. It's the name is literally written upon him. Yeah, and it and it answers the identity question that he struggles with that whole movie. Yeah, not to mention it's a great movie. One of my top five favorites of all time, surely. You, you know, there, there's just something beautiful about this uh, passage in the covenant theology. I, that, that's what I pull on because I'm an Old Testament nut. The covenant theology that's coming out of this. It's not just baptism, but it was something to the Old Testament readers of this as well. Seeing this, the verses where you're passing through the waters and that's like passing through the Red Sea at the Exodus and walking through fire. There's the um, moment where he's making the covenant with Abraham and he has him take the the sacrifice between two fires. And so there, there's, again, the, the same sort of passage and strong, like God is making a promise with us because the covenant is very much a partnership between us where God's doing the work and he's making this promise to us and these things that he will give us throughout this passage. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a clear fulfillment of this promise when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And that's in, in Daniel uh, chapter 3 when we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or affectionately known to the VeggieTales fans as Rack, Rack Shack, and, and Benny. Benny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? So they, and it's amazing in that text too, how when they're literally in the fire that is so hot that people can't even get close to it unless they die that they come out and they don't even smell like smoke, even in standing in the middle of the fire. I mean, that's how incredibly God protects them. You know, and that's the promise that he has to all of his children there. And when you're looking at, you know, verse 3 again, it's God declaring his relationship to you. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And it's talking about Egypt and Ethiopia and Sheba. Those are, are... countries that at that time were the richest countries they had the most gold they had the most power and he would give all those in exchange for you yeah and that just shows us how incredibly 
much God loves us. And, like, even in here, we get to see he would give up, uh, he would give up all these riches in exchange. But then, in Christ, we get to see just how much he loves us that he would give up his own son for us. That's a great point, Isaac. The, I mean, the word exchange is mentioned twice right here of of God exchanging things yeah, for Yeah, it's us. very much so a, a comforting verse, especially because it, it's written to the Israelites who are in exile, and they're in a really bad place right now. And this idea of this restoration that they're going to have with God, that God hasn't forgotten them. And even now, we may feel like we're forgotten in the world because we're all living in this quarantine thing that's going on. And we're not forgotten. God's not forgetting us either. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting major, you know, major covenant going on, major restoration. Yeah. And I'm just amazed by, by all of the people that are there, too. So yeah, Shawnee, you're talking about uh, you know these people being brought back together, this exile, um, and you were commenting earlier, uh, in, again in our pre-recording discussion about when the writing of this passage actually took place. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, I was talking about yeah about how these people who were in exile and forgotten, and God remembers them and exchanges for them. So this has a very immediate message for the people at the time. But then as we've discussed um, several times throughout the book of Isaiah, that you've got the the nearsighted part of the prophecy, and then you have the long-term effects of this prophecy, um, you know, looking towards the gospel and what's to come, and even forward into our lives today. Yeah, when this was written, it was when God's people of Israel and Judah were in Babylon. So they were they had lost everything and were now captives in Babylon. And he's writing to them to promise this restoration that God hasn't forgotten them. Then we get on to it with the uh, next couple of verses. You know, uh, verse five, fear not, I am with you. You know, it's God being there for us. Yeah, not just us, but the the mass of people. I think that's one thing that always leaves an impression on me whenever I hear that type of stuff being talked about in Scripture is how big God's net and God's scope is for people. Bringing offspring from the east and west, north and south. I mean, that's literally all around the, the globe where people are being gathered together. Um, and it culminates in verse 7. Everyone who is called by my name, going and bringing up the name thing again, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So just a, just an awesome recap for all of that. And maybe even uh, more, more poignant, too, because we're, we're in the middle of this quarantine thing where we have to be limited by the number of people we encounter. And it's, it's getting kind of tough out there to have a, such a small number of people that to be surrounded with i mean even me I, I tend to be on the introvert side of the introvert extrovert spectrum but i'm still uh longing to be around people a little bit more than what i have been in the past so just this mass gathering of people is something that i i think even an introvert like me is kind of longing for yeah it even says my sons you know 
I'll bring from afar my daughters from the end of the earth. So, I mean, that kind of encompasses uh, the entire planet there, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the sort of isolation that we're having and, you know, when he's actually talking about, you know, bringing your offspring from the east and get, from the west, I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up and the south, do not withhold. You know, it's that gathering from all edges of the earth that's going on. And we're getting kind of this like all nations sort of uh, vibe from it, which ties very well back into baptism where uh, Christ uh, in Matthew 28, the Great Commission tells us that we are to baptize people from all nations. So in baptism, people from the north and the south and the east and the west and all the ends of the earth are united as children of God. Yeah, and it even calls it that in verse 6, right? Sons from afar, daughters from the end of the earth. Uh, called by my name. You know, it ties back to Romans 8, right? Uh, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness that with our spirit that we, we are children of God. Yeah, Christ is very open about, you know, this family relationship that we have with him and God the Father. You know, even in the prayer that he teaches us, he says to call him Father, our Father who art in heaven. You know, and it's this whole kingdom that's being enveloped, this Christendom to the ends of the earth sort of thing. I was just thinking something along the lines of how verse 7 just echoes again back to verse 1, created and formed. With uh, the being called and the name and back to creation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do we even have, like, a bit of chiactic structure in here? Because you have, like, the name the name stuff on the outside and then like another step in closer to the center yeah, is absolutely. like these demonstrations of power passing through water and fire and um like just this mass gathering of people um and then the center and the which is the most important part is that god loves us and he is our savior that Jesus is our Savior. Yeah, I wish I could. Yeah, I wish I could count the words in all of this to figure out where the center is here. It actually looks like. I'm trying to see the whole text at once. It looks like the middle is actually the. You are precious in my eyes, honored, and I myself love you. And that's a cool thought. Yeah, it always kind of goes from the. A grand view, you know, this is a, the Lord, the creator, the one who formed you. And then it always brings it down to a more personal level of, I am your God, I love you, you're precious to me, I'm your savior. It's again this relationship that we have with God. Definitely. Even though God has this great power over the entire universe and just such a vast universe too he still cares about you individually he takes the time to call you by name even just even though you're just this little tiny speck on an earth that is one small planet in 
the galaxy that's one of many galaxies in the whole universe that God is in control over. God does not get us, yeah. That is an awesome analogy. It reminds me of the, they had this Powers of Ten video that we showed in science class way back in the day that just showed, you know, here's magnification times ten, times ten to the power of one, times ten to the power of two, and then it would zoom out and back in, and you you just remember pretty quickly how small you are. But the other thing I was thinking of, too, is just how awesome is it just in our real life, uh, in real-world examples, when somebody of importance knows you by name? I don't know if you guys have ever been in that situation, but, I mean, I don't run around with a lot of really important people, but even, even like, the district president or the synod president or somebody that's higher up on the the pastor totem pole than me knows me by name. It's like, oh, wow, I'm kind of impressed, and that goes a long way. And I still remember the first district president I had was, uh, was Ray Murley. And the first time that he gathered together with us and a bunch of new pastors, he, he called me by name, and he, he even knew enough to ask me questions about how I was doing, how our congregation was, as if he had already conversed with me a long time before. And I was just really struck by that. He called me by name and, and then knew what was going on in my life. It, it just To know that he cared about me was just, just awesome in that way. That's exactly what we get from uh, this passage, for sure. Is saying that someone, something, the most powerful thing, actually knows us and cares for us and will give up everything for us. The creator who has called us by name, who takes claim over us, who calls us his sons and daughters. And we get the view of that individual caring about us as as me as an individual person through baptism because it all comes back to baptism and i think that that's a wonderful way to to wrap this episode up is to bring it back remind us all that through baptism is our way of being inducted into the family of god being his son or his daughter Absolutely. So I think that's uh, pretty much going to wrap up our conversation on chapter 43 in the book of Isaiah. I want to thank everybody for joining us again today. Uh, Pastor Gimbel, any announcements for things coming up at Holy Cross? Uh, Not really much different. We're still just kind of stuck in the same pattern here for a little while. So we invite you to continue to join us on our live stream. We're uh, continuing with our Wednesday midweek series, so we hope you tune in to that tomorrow for our live stream at 7 p.m. to hear more about God's Word from Isaiah 53. So again, keep in mind for some of those themes that have come up in our discussions here as they pop up in our uh, sermon series on Wednesdays this time. Also, just keep checking the Holy Cross website. Um, I want to plug Pastor Meyer's Wednesday morning Bible study. He's trying to get that going uh, virtual as well. So there's another opportunity if you're stuck at home to join in on a, a great discussion of some of the other prophets in the Old Testament. Yep. And then. All right. So as always, I think uh, we should end in a word of prayer as appropriate. Anyone volunteer to pray for us today? If you guys would pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for 
creating us and naming us and calling us your own and loving us as dearly as you do your own son. We ask you to be with us mentally, physically, emotionally through this time and help us remember that you are the one that our focus should be on. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 And just a reminder, all scripture readings do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible.